Hello and welcome to the Muni Oral History Project, where we explore the stories and rich history of the Springfield Municipal Opera over the past 60 years. Stories from the people who have built, experienced, and performed what we'd like to refer to as Muni Magic. Sit back and relax and listen to these tales of Broadway under the stars. Well, I am so excited today to have my good friend Marge Birchtold here. How are you doing, Marge? Oh, I'm good. Marge literally goes back to the Muni in utero, where Marge has been around since the very early days of the original Muni, because her mother, Florence Birchtold, was heavily involved in getting the Muni off the ground. So why don't you tell us a bit about your mom and um, her involvement with the early Muni? You know, I really don't know. She, I don't think she did much in the in 1950, but she helped revive it back in in 64. Yeah. So she did. She was she wasn't involved in the 50s. Well, you know, I never asked her. I mean, I feel it's ridiculous, uh -huh. but I mean, she all my life she was involved in it, so I never really. So your mom was. I guess in, she was. I mean, yeah. I, I know she was out there, but. So your mom was involved in getting it revitalized. revitalized. So she worked with Tom Shrewsbury and yes, Ada Lynn. Yes, the two of them revitalized it. So were you in the Bye Bye Birdie at a Douglas no, Park? No, I wasn't. I was too young. And um, she, um, I was at a dance class and my dance teacher, Mel Dukaski, was the choreographer for the first show, Music Man. And she just said to me, well, Marge, you better stay. You're going to have to rehearse for Music Man. And I said, well, Miss Kasky, I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, well, you're going to be in the show. And, and uh, I said, well, I'll have to ask my mom. And I said, oh, that's all taken care of. Get in line. So that, that's how I started. So you were, um, you did an audition or no, anything? Back, you were just then, told you were in the show? The dancers didn't audition. I mean, they didn't audition that much. I mean, Miller was the choreographer and she just picked who she wanted and off we went. And you mm -hmm. rehearsed separately from the rest of the cast. And when you were ready, to, when they were ready to put the dances in the shows, then you went with the rest of the cast. And that was the cool part, yeah. so you got to be. So were you in South Pacific too, or just Music Man? No, I was in both. Um, what were your mem memories of being in those two shows? Well, Music Man was fun and the dancing was really good. And then South Pacific was really fun because there were lots of guys in the show and, and it was kind of unstructured. So that was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, who directed those first two shows? Addie O'Brien directed Music Man, I believe, and uh, Fred Wassel directed South Pacific. Okay. And, of course, Fred just died a few years ago. So Yeah. And Fred was also the one who directed the Bye Bye Birdie. So was your mom um, on the board from the beginning, or was she? Yeah, she was on the board. Yeah. And I think when they – she must have been involved in the early one because when they reestablished – she helped write the bylaws. Carl Lundgren was, was, ran most of the Muni in the beginning. And so when my mom came back, she and Carl helped write the bylaws for the, this one. And that's why they put the Board of Trustees in because they had guarantors. And when the Muni went up, you know, went up belly up, somebody had to pay all that money. They, yeah. they had to get the guarantors and they had to go collect money from all these people who were not very happy. And that's when, if you end up losing money and owing money, the guarantors basically co come in, come in and save the day with they have to pay 
the money that's lo that's lost. Yeah. And so obviously with the revitalization, we did away with that, right? Right. And that's why they had the board of and trustees the to, to watch over the financial part so that it would never, ever happen again. So they never have to go out and get money. They would not spend the money um, that they didn't have. They, they were, went, you know, cash care kind of thing. Yeah. Was your mom a trustee from the beginning or was she just on the board? No, I think she was a trustee from the beginning. Okay. Was she the chair or was yeah, Tom she was the chair? The chair. <laughs> she kept trying to get rid of it, but they kept voting her back in. <laughs> but yeah, she was a chair as far as I, <laughs> long as I know. Yeah. So um, was your mom ever like a dancer or on stage or doing it? Or was she just she was, basically? No, she was a really good actress and she could play the piano like you wouldn't believe. You just wouldn't believe. And so I was the dancer of the family and she was the, and we both sang a little, whatever needed. The only time she was on stage was, actually I have the program. I got, she was in, um, she was in Shadows of Glory and she danced in that. Uh, have you ever heard of Mick Stevens? Yes, yes. Okay, he's in heaven right now. But that was her, I have the program. Somebody gave me this program. It's kind of funny that this happened. And she was, she danced in that and she said, remember her say, she's had the best partner. He's this nice young gentleman. His name is Mick Cass Stevens and we should get him involved in Muni. And that's really the only thing that she did. You know, she just wasn't, and I, I don't think she was interested in, she was in the old theater center, a lot of shows in that before it was, before me. Of course, she was a power. So she never directed or did anything like that. She Not was kind of just no, uh -uh. the head chair. No. Yeah. Okay. So let's fast forward a bit. So, of course, there's the Birchtold building, which was the um, where um, the makeup tables are and the costume room and the dressing rooms, though, generally speaking, it's not the only dressing rooms because the cast are usually too big, but um, there is actual dressing rooms in there. What was, okay, so it was named after your mom, but before that, why didn't you tell me about what you did before that building was built? Oh, well, we had trailers. We had, um, <laughs> we had, we had actually semi-trucks, trailer kind of things. Um, just the body of a, of a, it was really, on that side, it was really scary. Nobody ever wanted to go in there because you didn't know there'd be critters in there. And every now and then there were. <laughs> but that's where they dressed. There was nothing over there. There was just a semi-trailer. Yeah. And then there was were the they permanent? Window. Were they permanent trailers? No, um, a, a real, um, a real nice guy that donated them for the Muni. And, and he'd bring one out every year and Mm -hmm. Hook us up and we use that. Yeah. So, okay. So fast. They built this structure that was going to be where the makeup tables and the uh -huh. costume room and to the get dress. Rid of the, get rid of the stinky trailers. Yes. So when was it decided that they were going to name it after your mom? Well, it was during, when, um, whenever they did Oklahoma. That was Dennis in 91 was... or no, not 91, no. Um, 90. 90. Well, Dennis calls, Dennis was president. He calls me and he said, we have decided, the board's decided, your mom wasn't at this meeting for whatever reason. We've decided we're gonna name it after her and we're gonna dedicate it to her. And so can you get her out there and not let her know? And I said, of course. And so, <laughs> so that's when the saga started. I mean, 
she, I, I got my dad to say, because he didn't ever often come to opening nights unless it was my opening night. And he always came to mine. So I got him to say he wanted to kind of go to the opening night of Oklahoma. And so we're getting kind of planning towards that. And she says, you know, I don't feel like getting, this is a couple of days before, I don't feel like getting dressed up. I think I'll just wear those old slacks. I said, oh, no, mom, you need to dress up for this. No, no, I don't. Well, I got the half a day off work and I went and got my hair done and I bought a brand new outfit and I was dressed to the nines. And so I got her finally dressed up and I thought we had all that done and I had, my dad was on board and he was good. We were going together, all three of us. I thought I was gonna kill her. I mean, she always got dressed up. She never went out there in old slacks, you know, especially not opening night of the season. So she wouldn't get, <laughs> we got that. And then a couple, a day before, she says, you know, I have to go out there that the opening night of that day because they, they, the TV station wanted to interview her about the new building. And I went, holy cow. So I called Dennis at 6 a.m. 6 a.m. We didn't have cell phones then. I said, Dennis, my mom's going out there. She says, what do you mean she's going out there? I said, she's going out there. And, and she's going to see her name on the building. And the whole thing's going to be ruined after when I took time off work. We got her all. I took me forever to get her dressed up. It was like, he said, get, let me get three cups of coffee and then I'll get back to you. And so he goes, he goes, and I don't know what he did, but what they, what, what he did was he kept her from going to the bottom of the, to the top back backstage so she wouldn't see the building and somehow they did the interview at the top and she never knew. So I thought we're home, we're home free. She's dressed up. We're all ready to go. And we get out there and they announced for, for the board of managers and trustees to come to the stage. And she says, I don't think I'm going to go on stage tonight. I thought, Oh my God, I thought I can't, I can't take it. So I dragged her backstage. I got Dave Britton. We dragged her up the ramp and I pushed her and threw her on the stage. And I have a picture on my wall of her clapping for the person that the building's named for is her name. <laughs> it was an unbelievable, it was really. So, so was she honored though? She was honored. She had no idea. She's clapping for herself and she doesn't even know it's her. So she wasn't paying attention? Uh, yeah, she wasn't at the meeting where Dennis announced it and he planned this, but I don't know. And I asked her afterwards, why were you like this? And she says, well, how was I supposed to know? So when did she pass? Um, she, um, December 14, 1994. So you were never on the board while she was... No, because you, you, you can't have a, there's been an unwritten rule that you cannot have a, a family member on the board with another family on there. Yeah. So when did you get on the board then? I think it was about 2000. And when did they make you a trustee? About six years later. Boy, so, that's a, that's a, that's a story too. Cause that's when I had AOL um, dial up. And the trustees had met, well, how, how was I supposed to know? Tom Appleton, he had he'd been trying to call me for an hour. Well, I didn't know that. I mean, I was, I was on my computer and he shows up at my front door on his way home because he lived over, they lived over on Wiggins. And I'm in the oldest bathrobe, the worst outfit I could have on, at least I was covered. He comes in the house and if you don't, didn't know Tom, Tom um, 
my bird, my bird peaches. Have you heard about my bird peaches? I uh -uh. had for 20, I had him for 26 years. He was like a family member. Everybody knew peaches and peaches flies and lands on Tom's head. I wish I'd had a camera. I, so, so that's when I became a trustee. That was yeah. a special time. So you said your first, um, you were in that first two shows of Music Man in South Pacific. What are some of the other shows you've been? I know you've been in a ton. Yeah, I am. Throughout all the years, you know, if you live long enough, you get a lot. Mm -hmm. I was in Pajama Game. The next year, I was gone. And then I was in Single Molly Brown and Kiss Me Kate. Well, why don't you tell about Bar 90 since Unsinkable Molly Brown? Well, <laughs> as the dancing course was, we weren't on the stage when it happened. And they got off. Um, I don't know what happened. The chorus was off or something. And Carl Meyer stopped the entire orchestra. And I could hear it from backstage. I don't know where you people are, <laughs> he said to the cast on stage with all the audience. I don't know where I don't know where you are, and they all yell. Um, they yelled, I don't know something to them, and he says, "Well, let's go back to bar 90." And they said, "What's bar 90?" The whole cast says that to him, and it was quite something. So that's where the infamous bar 90 joke. Bar 90. He says, "Let's go back to bar 90," and the whole the cast goes, "What's bar 90?" And so, uh, what was your first like leader supporting role? Um, I had a role in Pajama Game. A small role, but I was in Bills Are Ringing. I don't know, funny, I was mostly in the dance course. Funny Girl, I was in, and then I went into chore choreographing. I choreographed Oklahoma in 73. Who directed that Oklahoma? Um, Betty Ward. Okay, why don't you talk about Betty Ward? Because she's a she was a, a fixture too. She was involved in a lot of things. She had the most beautiful voice you've ever heard. She could sing Valley High like you can't believe it. She, she was in a lot of the shows. She was in the old Muni and a lot of parts in the old Muni. And then I think she was, she was Bloody Mary in the South Pacific I was in. And she was in Kiss Me Kate and she did, she was on the board and she directed quite a few shows and so you've choreographed a lot too. Like what, what's your favorite show that you've choreographed? Evita. Mm -hmm. And was that the a Gary Sorensen one? Yeah. I love that show. What other shows have you choreographed? I did Oklahoma that year. I did Hello Dolly the next year. And was that the Betty Ward Hello Dolly where she played Dolly? No, Shirley Thomas played Dolly. Oh, did Betty play Dolly or am I confused? Well, I think she might have might have been at Theater Center. Okay. I don't know where I was during some of these years, but oh, I did that Bye Bye Birdie. Well, and I did MAME in 75. It was, you know, the, the shows were really fun back then. We really had a good time. Yeah. I mean, they may be fun now, I don't know, but they were really fun then. Oh, Paint Your Wagon, I did that one. That was the one that um, Mary Bonner and Mick had, Mick did, and they had this idea to get a, um, a stagecoach so that the, the girl dancers in the opening, they started the, started the show. So they got a stagecoach and 
put the girls in it. And that's when they had like the blue seats and the pink seats, mm -hmm. you know, they were separate. And so the stagecoach came down, but they didn't take into account that the, that the horses would see the lights. And so when the stagecoach came down and saw the lights, the horses saw the lights, they bucked up and threw all the dancers, all of them in, in the mud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was quite an entrance. So have you ever assistant directed? Yes, for Vita and um, a couple of other ones. But they didn't used to let the choreographer, um, they wouldn't let the choreographer be the choreographer and the director, and they wouldn't let the um, uh, the choreographer be assistant director. I just was able to squeeze a couple of those in. They and now they do it all the time, but it's not wasn't that way back then. Yeah, I know there was something with that's how that's why Doug and Gary started their shtick of because yeah. because somebody was throwing a fit about him wanting to be orchestra director and. Um, yeah. Director of Pirates of Penzance. So that's how they started their shtick of co-directing. Well, let me ask you this. What was your like favorite show that you were in? A showboat in okay. 1980. Yeah. And was that a Gary Sorensen show too? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So um, what was so special about that one? Well, it was Ellie Mae Chipley and Russ was Frank. He was my um, partner in it. Mm -hmm. um, it was like that I had when I'd seen that show it was kind of like that 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 part was me somehow somehow she was kind of me and so I really wanted that part and I fought like the Dickens to get it but I got it and and I really enjoyed it because I just felt like I don't know it was a March champion part on Broadway and maybe somehow she channeled me I don't know but I really yeah. enjoyed it yeah so of course, um, later you were in Gypsy, you played a stripper. Yeah, <laughs> that's a long time, yeah, after that. Yeah, so which, which stripper were you? I was Electra. Yeah, and of course, that was the Phil, Phil Funkenbush. And yeah. How was working with Phil? Oh, Phil's great, he's great to yeah. work with. Yeah, and Georgia Dirksen was in that, and. Had yeah. you done a lot with Georgia on stage? Yeah, she was in back in the in the older days in the beginning. She or Sandy Wheeler were the lead female leads in almost all the shows. What was the last show you did like anything with? Would it have I been? I think Les it Mis? was Lay Miz. Yeah. How was? Of course, that's such an iconic show, and we were fortunate enough to get it because. Obviously, when it was because it is such an iconic show, it was going to be a fight for the rights, the royalties to get it. How was choreographing that show? Was it an honor? Well, it was an honor. There just wasn't much to do, but there was an mm -hmm. honor. Yeah, it was more sync. It was more moving in step than yeah actual dance. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of dancing in it. So, but it was an honor working on it. One of the phrases we use a lot is meaning magic. And I mean, it means various things to various people. I mean, one of the, I think, especially to a lot of people that were there in 1984, when Peter Pan 
flew into the nursery for that very first time. That's just the essence of Meeting Magic. And of course, we were the only first outdoor theater to do that show. Yeah. Or, I mean, it could just be transported to far off places that you would probably never go or being mes immersed into some story. What does Meeting Magic mean to you? Well, I guess, I think it means something a little different maybe to me. It's you know, like when we've had disasters out there where we've had lightning strike or things have happened and everybody comes together. I mean, they make, a, they call out for, I guess it would be back in the older days. They would say they need help and all the shows would come out and help build. We had, because back, back then we also had the sets were not stable. I mean, we had torms where you had to stand behind them and hold them up. And people would come, all the people would come out there just to help to get your show on the board. And it was, that to me was, is like Muni Magic. And so then that kind of also segues into the concept of Muni Family, which is of course, literally families doing a show together. And if they're not on stage, they're backstage yeah. doing something or even front of house every night ushering or whatnot or just the uh, the idea of making lifelong friends. What does Muni family mean to you? Well, of course, my family was out there. And lifelong friends, I mean, I, ha I have so many friends out there. Well, I think I do, I don't know, you have to check now and then. But, you know, but I mean, I have, I mean, I think my theater, my theater friends are different than my regular other friends because they are, there's something about theater people that's magical in itself. That you share something that, that is different than the regular everyday kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think getting together and working on a show together with people that you're good, really close to or good friends with, I mean, I think that's Muni family. So, and that kind of segues into the next question is, who are some of the special people that you've worked with? Oh my God. Oh, I don't want to name names because I've worked with so many people. Yeah. Some are dead and some are alive. And yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can go into that. That would be, um, I get to forget. Well, I, to forget for somebody. Yeah. And, and some are not around and. Yeah. Mm. Well, okay. So then of course we j just lost Gene Rubley. Oh. <laughs> who was, I mean, he was just, he, he always had something to say. Sometimes you didn't want to hear it, but he'd let you know anyway. Yeah. Um, He's our famous curmudgeon. <laughs> and he always had, um, he, he had a weird, a warped sense of humor and everybody affectionately called him Uncle Gene. Um, do you have any Gene Rubley memories? Well, one of the, one of the most vivid ones, and I don't do this as well as Roger, but he had, he Gene lost his hair and he didn't like that, and he wanted so he got a toupee, <laughs> the most god awful toupee you've ever seen. I mean, I'm surprised somebody didn't try to shoot it, think it was a, think it was a an animal, but he would have this toupee and he would take it, and you 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 probably don't remember Jacob, but they, there was this commercial when Parkame Ardron came in. Yes. And they would have this commercial where they would go, they'd go, butter, parquet, butter, with a lid. So Gene would go up to people that he never met before, and he'd take his wig and go, parquet, butter. I mean, 
I mean, nobody else in the world could get away with that. It was, it, it was, it was, it was unbelievable. That, that's one thing. But he was, you know, he was a kind man. He was different, but he was a kind man. <laughs> Were you ever on stage with him? I was in George M. <laughs> I was George. I was Sister Josie. And he was the father. Mm. And he tried to learn to tap. It, it didn't go real well, but he, he tried. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard he wasn't a singer. No. <laughs> he wasn't a dancer. No. <laughs> but he could act. He could. Well, why don't you talk about um, Tom Shrewsbury? Because Tom was, I mean, we wouldn't be where we are today if it weren't for Tom. Well, and your mom. Tell me about Tom. Well, he was just Tom. I mean, I don't know. Did you ever, were you ever in a show he directed? Yeah. No, I choreographed several shows. Yeah, did you Man choreograph? The first Peter Pan I choreographed with him. Well, why don't you talk about that first Peter Pan? Because, of course, that was, like, groundbreaking. So, of course, that was Carolyn Fleischling. Uh-huh. Was Peter. She was wonderful. Yeah, who was Captain Hook in that one? I can't remember. I know Steve Bolzer was once, but I don't know if it was that one. I'd have to find my program. I don't know. Yeah. And Tom was easy to work with. I mean, he just, he was very... Um, and didn't he fly your mom once? Yeah, they, and I think they, they did fly her. Yeah, they did. And, and, and Dennis flew me one time. So uh -huh. Tom was an easygoing guy. He was very, he was kind of the spirit of getting things going. And he would get after my mom to help him, you know, when they, was, when they redid the, redid the, the um, uni. And, um, but he was kind of a... Um, very calm, easygoing, nothing rattled him, nothing. And he believed in the theater so much. He and Bob Gonko were in Kiss Me Kate together. Oh, I, I, yes, Dennis said about that neither one of them could sing. <laughs> or dance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's what made it charming, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, was that the only time Tom was actually on the Muni stages? I think so, because he couldn't sing or anything. So, isn't that funny that people like he and my mom got they loved theater so much that they got together and did this, and neither of them were like big performers, you know? Yeah. Well, but sometimes you need that kind of boost. And I mean, Tom was a great actor, so I mean yeah. that's how that's how he directed was able to direct. Anyway. Yeah, he did some stuff professionally. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Adeline told you that. But. Yeah. Before we go, we, one last question. It's a deep one is, what makes Muni special? Well, getting together with all kinds of people you like to put on shows and, uh, and, and shows that, I think, yeah, it is like a family. I guess it kind of is because here you're all putting on these wonderful shows with all these people that you enjoy and, and bringing all this stuff, to, bringing all our creative efforts together, you know, everybody doing something creative, creatively. I mean, where else can you do something like that? Yeah, it's a truly special place. And yeah. it's a Springfield institution. 
Well, thanks so much, Marge, for spending some time talking to me, and you have a good rest of your night. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for listening to the Muni Oral History Project. This is an ongoing effort to capture the memories and stories of the Springfield Municipal Opera. If you have pictures, videos, or stories you'd like to contribute to this effort, please email history at themuni.org. Your hosts have been Jacob Potty and Craig McFarland. Production assistance by Vanessa Ferguson and Jeremy Geckner. Special thank you to the Muni Board of Managers and the Muni Board of Trustees for their support in this effort. And thank you to all the Muni family who continue to help us create magic every summer.